Welcome to Take It From The Iron Woman. My name is Susanne Müller, your host and the Iron Woman. This podcast is about empowering yourself and others to make real changes in the world. You will hear from everyday, smart, sophisticated, hip people like you and me. Not everybody has to be an Iron Woman to impress the world. Together, we will learn from the sports and business leaders how you can become a more successful person as an entrepreneur or a leader. It's one step at a time, one day at a time. Take your steps now. Take your big steps now. Join me on this journey to success. This podcast is being sponsored by Get Loopy. On episode 41, you can hear the story of Isabel, the co-founder and CEO. Get Loopy, get a 20% discount off your first order. Getloopy.com Take it from the Iron Woman. I always say we only have special guests. And today, I think it's unique. We have Kate Field with us. And she's from Tasmania in Australia. And we've never had somebody from Australia. So she's the first. And then we have covered all the continents. So thank you so much, Kate, for taking the time. I know you're a very busy person, but introduce yourself a little bit. Who is Kate who's going to join us today on the podcast? Well, thanks for having me, Suzanne. I'm, oh, goodness. I'm many things. Uh (laughs) It's really hard to introduce myself. So I'm an emergency specialist. I work in the tertiary referral hospital, so the big hospital, university associated hospital in Tasmania. And I also work within the College for Emergency Medicine in the Council of Education. When I'm not at work, which is only three days a week, thank goodness, I am at home on the farm where I'm a mother of a six-year-old and a four-year-old. I'm a wife and occasionally I'm allowed to have friendships. <laughs> I manage to squeeze them in. As well as being a farmer, one of the roles that I have in our farming enterprise is to manage the marketing and the content for our social media, as well as being involved in a lot of the decisions related to the farm. Wow. How can you do that as one person? That's, that's really amazing. And I want to say that Kate and I went through the podcast fellowship. And before we start to discuss what, who is Kate and everything, what got me interested is was with the COVID, with the difficult situation, we had a call and somebody said, let's create a hashtag, create for Kate, because you said, please don't provide or put anything negative on the social media anymore. The first responders, they need to have something positive. So we said, okay, create for Kate. And I'm eternally grateful for, for this hashtag. I mean, thank you so much, Kate, for... Oh, I mean, I didn't come up with the hashtag. I just <laughs> found that when I was going into work and going home from work, I have a 45-minute commute And I tend to listen to a lot of podcasts Mm -hmm. on my way into and out of work. Sometimes I listen to medical content, but I think it's really important to listen to other things as well as just Mm -hmm. work-related. And what I was finding in March and April was that the amount of new content that people were posting from 
many of my favorite shows was just dropping off mm-hmm. because I think people were in a bit of a, a bit of a funk really and they couldn't really get themselves motivated and I was just finding it really difficult to remain positive myself and to manage my own anxiety because I had nothing else to think about other than COVID Mm -hmm. and I really wanted to think about something other than COVID so it was really a call out to all my fellow podcasters to keep creating so that I had something good to listen to as well as being positive about what they were doing. Again, thank you very much. But now let's get into the good stuff that you are providing. (laughs) So you have a podcast, The Curious Farmer. Tell us a little bit about your podcast. It's really something curious I'm about also. Well, we're a farm. We're a very small farm by Australian standards. We're only 106 hectares. We're about 300 acres if you account for all the hills and gullies and the topography of our our farm. And we have always chosen to farm it with an ecological perspective. So we farm with the landscape in mind and we farm partnering with nature. One of the terms that is becoming increasingly popular for this style of farming is regenerative agriculture. Mm -hmm. And what I was finding was that... There's a lot of, well, I don't know everything, obviously, about regenerative agriculture. And a lot of people do a lot of things that are really cool on their farms. And I wanted to be able to go and have a look at those things and learn more from their knowledge. And I felt that the best way to do this and the right thing to do was to be able to share that knowledge more widely. And I enjoy listening to podcasts and I really felt that the best medium in order to do this would be through podcasting Mm -hmm. rather than video or just a blog post, which people then have to read. I love the availability of podcasting. You can listen to it while you're doing the housework. You can listen to it in, in a car and you can get the information. So I started podcasting about regenerative agriculture and part of it was as a result to a lot of the negative dialogue that was happening in Australia last year about farming and how agriculture is the biggest fossil fuel emitter Mm. and how agriculture is ruining the planet and how agriculture is the, the sole cause of climate change. And I really felt that farmers were being misrepresented at that time and that we needed to do something to improve our image. And we really had to stand up and take responsibility for that. So that was part of my why, Mm -hmm. as to do it for personal reasons and also to lead in in the space of agriculture to show people what we do that's really good about Mm -hmm. agriculture and to change the conversation. I actually think that COVID has done more to change the conversation over farmers and agriculture than anything else that was ever any predictable, in a really good way, yeah. That's nice to hear, yeah. And I know what you and I have in common. I'm originally from Switzerland and you have goats, dairy goats from Tockenburg in Switzerland. So I thought that was pretty fun. How many do you have? That depends on where we are in the season. So we were milking 72 last year. We're 
our goats are dried off at the moment. We're in our the last stages of their pregnancy. We're due to start kidding in about three weeks, which is always exciting mm-hmm. and so much work. We're hoping to be milking about 80 to 85 this year. And so we've got the girls that were born last spring and we've got about 30 to 50 of them. We've got some girls that we've chosen not to get in kid, which means they're not pregnant, but we'll just give them a year off. And we've got about 10 of those, I think. And then come spring, we'll have about 160 babies running around the farm with their little stripy faces bouncing everywhere. Oh, my goodness, they're so cute. (laughs) I hope we get to see some pictures. Obviously, we can follow everything on Facebook or on your website. This is really exciting. And you said initially when we connected, we don't have anything in common or why would I fit into my podcast? But I think you're a businesswoman, you're a leader, you're a thought leader, you're curious. And that's also what I want to showcase on my podcast. So I think you have so much to share. Well, I was looking and listening to some of your previous guests and thinking about their incredible feats and your incredible feats of physical prowess. And I was thinking, oh, I really don't fit into that category at all. And that it was uh, very business minded. And, you know, at the end of the day, I don't run our business. My husband runs our business. I help make business decisions. Mm-hmm. But I hadn't really thought about it in the terms that you just mentioned. And before we recorded, you said, you know, you talk about leadership, coaching in your profession as a, as a doctor. So, I think that's something interesting and I would like to learn more about if you can share with us. So when in in Australia, we have emergency departments and which is not a particular European model, although it's increasingly becoming so. But I think most people are aware through shows from the UK, Australia and, and the US. So the emergency department in Australia is where you go if you've got an acute health problem that needs urgent attention. And we... That is a specialty, a recognised specialty in Australia, and it's actually got one of the best reputations for its training of, of doctors. So as, a, as an individual, you go to medical school and then you become a doctor. But once you're a doctor, you don't have any right to practice independently. You have to do further training. And so after an internship, which is where you very heavily supervised, if we think that you're safe and it's a way of gaining experience without putting the public at risk, because you're really not allowed to do anything without someone looking over your shoulder we give you what's called general registration but that still doesn't mean that you can just set up your shingle and and open a practice you do actually have to do specialty training whether that's in family medicine which we call general practice or as a specialist in another field like anesthetics surgery general physician or emergency physician and so I became an emergency physician in 2010 and finished my training then, passed all my exams. And then since then, I have been very interested in education and training, was working with our uh, our college body, who basically is the training organisation as well as policy standard setter for all emergency physicians in Australia and New Zealand. Mm-hmm. I started about five years ago supervising the doctors who were training to become emergency specialists. Mm. And I was also working with the college on many of the education committees and an opportunity came up 
about four years ago to be the Tasmanian representative on the Council of Education. So I, I took on that role as well. What I discovered through my education and training of my local candidates is that often there are lots of areas that they're really strong in and some areas that they're not as strong in and that it was up to me to try and help them overcome these, to strengthen what they were already really good at. And what I found was that I was basically in a coaching role. And often you are also dealing with personal issues that were cropping up on the side. And then my hospital started asking me to do more coaching of trainees outside of emergency medicine. And I thought, oh, hang on a second. I don't even know what I'm doing. I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. No one's ever taught me how to do this. I've just intuitively gone along. I've made some colossal errors along the way from which I've learnt and know what not to do next time. But I don't know that what I'm doing is right. People seem to be reasonably happy, but I don't know if what I'm doing is right or not. So at the start of this year, just before COVID hit in Australia, I started a, a course on leadership and management, and there's an element of coaching that is in that. And I've discovered quite a lot. I've discovered that a lot of the stuff I was intuitively doing was right. I've discovered that there's some stuff that I was doing that could be done so much better. So I've been able to manage to incorporate that into, into how I'm proceeding. And I've just feel like I've got a better framework and I've got support from outside of healthcare to be able to use language, a shared language to be able to better provide assistance for those that need it. It's really been exciting for me and I've really felt myself develop. I've also mm-hmm. or, or been able to get over my own baggage that I've had mm-hmm. lurking in the past because mm-hmm. I've been empowered to do so. And I like when you say like you did it with your intuition I know I sometimes work with doctors and it seems like they like to follow the processes. And then when you talk about intuition, they're like, Ugh. so it's good that you can rely on your intuition. And I'm wondering, I'm interested in women leadership. So how many, what is the diversity ratio in doctors in Australia where you are? Oh, in doctors generally, I can't answer that question. In emergency medicine, it's increasingly becoming 50-50. Mm-hmm. When I started my training, I think it was about 10 to 20% women. And so we've had a great increase in the number of women who mm-hmm. are, are getting through training to be able to improve the, the gender ratio. Mm-hmm. One of the things about emergency medicine that is really appealing to me as a woman who now has a, a young family is that it's easy to work fractionally. So I work 0.75. You go to work, you do your work, you go home. There's no phone calls after work unless you're on call, mm-hmm. but that's mm-hmm. once a fortnight or something, once mm-hmm. a week. Mm-hmm. So there's no rooms. You're working for the hospital, which means that your leave is covered. You don't have to find locums. Mm-hmm. There's an emphasis on professional development mm-hmm. and providing non-clinical work as well as clinical work. So it's a very attractive proposition to women yeah. as well as men who are interested in having a life outside of medicine. 
Yeah. I know many, many doctors around the world identify themselves only as a doctor with nothing else. The thought of being a, a husband or a wife or a parent comes a lot further down on the list because their work is so consuming. And that was a very conscious decision that I chose not to make. I like that. Sometimes we also need to focus on what is important in life. It's the job, yes, it's important, but then the family life is also important. And I know we can see on your beautiful website, your children and or on Facebook, and they're integrated and they're four and six. How much yes. can they help you with the goats or what is their preferred task that they can help you with? <laughs> Up until recently, Pippi, they've both got different strengths, of course. So Pippi is really, really good with the, the goats. She mm -hmm. loves the goats and she'll move them. They're huge. They a lot bigger than she is. She's less than 20 kilos and some of them are 80. And they've got these massive great big horns that come mm -hmm, out. Mm -hmm. She's really good at managing and wrangling the goats and mm. she'll move them around for us. Hamish is really good at opening gates now and shutting the gates so that when I'm in the all-terrain vehicle with the roll bar, the little buggy, we call it a buggy. When I'm in that, I can go through, he'll, he'll hop out, open the gates, I'll drive through and he'll shut them, which is makes such a difference to time <laughs> and convenience. So that's his, he, he's not so, he doesn't like the animals nearly as much as Poopy does, but he's pretty good at the gates. So we, we all have strengths and weaknesses, right? But yeah. uh, let's focus on the strength. Wow, this is so cool. So I know it's the spring season coming up in Australia. So I wish you well. And I hope all your goats, the little goats will be happy and healthy And they provide a lot of milk and eventually a lot of cheese. Thank you very much, Kate. This was really inspiring. And if you ever think you don't fit into a podcast, I think the podcaster can always fit you in as a special person. <laughs> and we want to make sure it's about create for Kate. Do something positive. So thank you so much. Thank you, Suzanne. Pippi. Yep. This is the daughter. Pippi, can you tell us about the goats and the babies? Are we going to have some babies soon, Pippi? Yes. How many do you um, think? We're going to have lots or not many? Many. Many. And what, do you like the babies? Yes. Why do you like the babies? Because I like Do they have a soft fur or how is that when you touch them? Soft fur. And do they run around with you? Yeah. Sometimes, but sometimes they don't. And what do we yell at when we want the babies to come to us? Salut. 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 Good girl. Oh, this is great. Thank you. How cool was that to learn from a doctor, an emergency doctor, a farmer, a coach, a mother, and the mother of all those Tockenburg dairy Swiss goats. I wish her luck. Let's check on her website when the goats, the baby goats are here. Take it from the Iron Woman. Every Monday, every Wednesday, we have episodes. Make sure you eat healthy and healthy snacks can be Get Loopy. Getloopy.com, the plant-based snack. You get 20% off of your first order. Take it from the Iron Woman. Leave us a comment. Maybe you have a question. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Thank you.